September 1st, 2016. It's a Watt for Pedro show.
Juan from Pedro Show. Here in Pedro on a Thursday, first Thursday of September. Uh, Brother Matt adjusting his schedule. He's got old one coming back. I'm going to be able to do shows with him soon. But also, tour is coming up. So I think it'll be November when me and Brother Matt will be doing things again, regular. Till then, I'm not alone because via the magic of Skype, all the way from Topanga Canyon. Philip Golden from Chinese Herbal Medicine. Welcome yep. aboard. Oh, I should say what we started the show off. Yeah, Olay. John Coltrane with uh, Eric Dolphy joining the band there. Live at the Village Gate in 1961. Village Gate now, I think, is called Poussin La Rouge. Poussin Rouge. Redfish. Got to play there a few times. After that, we had Chinese Herbal Medicine with Thyroid. Felt um, that started it. That started. That's the one that started it up with all the. the well, all I the picked body thyroid parts. because I have a hurt throat from oh. these four gigs up north. I blew it out, and I also got a sickness at the same time. Oh man! You know when your lymph gland uh, swell up under your in your goiter in your throat. Yeah, yeah, like that. Well, it's getting better. Yeah. Look okay, at it's first weekend I have. Off maybe all year. Uh, I picked thyroid because that was the closest place to the throat and where I was feeling. I want to ask you, what's your earliest musical memory? Oh, it's, you know, my dad, my dad, when he was a kid, played the clarinet. But by the time I got to know him, he wasn't playing anything, but he just had a hell of a vinyl collection. And uh, the earliest stuff was, was the Who. It was uh, Who's Next. He used to play that all the time. And, uh, Elton John, and I would just listen to those records all the time. Yeah, but what about the clarinet? Oh, you mean he he used to make music when he was younger, but he stopped. He did, and then he never did. I never did see him play. He had quit by the time I, you know, by the time I was. It sounds like his taste kind of changed too, because it doesn't sound like clarinet records when you say the who. (laughs) Although there is some French horn there. Oh yeah, with that whistle. But he, my dad, my dad was all about classical music. What do you remember? You remember seeing his clarinet in the house? He had it up in the closet. And I played it. One of them little cases, so it's like in different sections, parts. It was all in this one box. And then when I was in fifth grade, we did band, you know, at school. And uh, my dad said, I got a clarinet. You play clarinet. So I played the clarinet for a year. No, I can relate because uh, I got put on the clarinet in seventh grade. I didn't even know what it was. I wanted to play saxophone. With a hundred other people, there wasn't enough. So, and it, it was trippy. Hard. <laughs> it was yeah, hard. Right? I got ten weeks, and the music teacher told me, "Mr. White, you try hard, but." So anyway, <laughs> uh, so so it's not only his clarinet though. You remember his records. Oh yeah, man! He had a huge collection, and you know that's when I started. So what are we talking about? Time frame and and location. Well, I was. I was born in uh, the very end of 1968, and I was in. And the, my first memories are in uh, in the valley at my parents' house, where they still live all these years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're California all the way. Yeah, I, I left for a little while uh, after I got married. After I left San Francisco, I went to. I lived in Portland, Oregon, for five years, and then came back. Oh, we're getting ahead, though. We got to get way back to little oh, boy land. When your pop yeah. says, "I want you on clarinet, the school band, son." 
Yeah, he. That's what he did. I think I can't remember what I wanted to play, but it was something else. But and Phil, was that, said, your, was that your first but, instrument ever you tried to play? That was it, and I, okay. and, I and I didn't like it that much. And uh, I didn't play again until I was 15, 16 years old when I picked up the guitar. Okay, now how'd that happen? Well, that's a good story. So all my friends and I, we were really into the Clash. You know, that was that was the thing. It's like junior but, high school, right? It was even high school. Oh, high school, okay. High school, yeah. And and uh, I was watching that. You know that movie, um, Harold and Maude? You remember that Oh, movie? yeah. The That's old, my favorite, uh, right? Lady, older lady and the younger right. man. And she gives him a banjo and tells them, you know, you got to learn how to play music. That's right. I, so I went to school the next day and told all my guys, I'm like, man, I'm going to learn the guitar. And everybody around me was like, okay, me too. And we had a band inside six months. You're saying it's because of that movie. It was because of that movie. Yeah, okay. It really was. And 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 because no, we, wanted, we wanted to be like The Clash. <laughs> that was what it was all and about. And then that's also hooked up with The Clash. But like, which one? Joe Strummer or... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's you know, of course. But, but Mick, um, Mick, uh, they're all cool. Mick Jones. <laughs> Mick jo- well, I guess, you know, because what happened was I was the guy who knew all the lyrics to the song, so they made me start singing. And so, you know, I guess I gravitated more to Joe Strummer, but I got respect and love for all those guys, all sure, four of them. Sure. Even the bass. Oh, Simonon, man. I love it. He's That's a great guy. Simonon. I always thought it was Simon. It's, is it? I don't know. I, just, I thought it was I always Simon. thought it was like Simon with some other part hooked on. You know uh, so, okay, so you guys make a band. Yeah. Like what? Like a garage band, right? Garage band. Real garage band. We played in the, ba- the bass player, my bass man, And Scott. what'd you do? Would you, you copy uh, Clash songs off the record? We did, and, yeah. and what, yeah, we, so. had a, we were lucky on one front. We had this one guy who I'd known since I was two. And he was sort of the musical genius of the whole school, and he was the piano guy. So basically, he could teach us stuff. And the rest of us had no idea what we were doing. So he would be like, okay, no, you do this, and you do this, and he would show me the chords. And, like, you know, that's, he just figured everything out. So we, Alexander, he was, uh, he was way ahead of the rest of us. He was the sensei. Yeah, he was, man. And then, and then we all sort of, you Did know. Did this band have a name? Yeah, we were called First Amendment because we thought yeah. that was punk. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys ever do gigs, or was it just a prac band? We did. We did. We played uh, We played at the school battle of the bands. Do you remember your first gig? I do. We didn't have a drummer yet. We had a, uh, a drum machine, and we, <laughs> the, and, and we played at, at uh, Alex's parents' left town. So we played there, and all the girls came over and stuff. And what we, do you mean? At a, at a house? It was a at a house, indoors. In a yeah, living, yeah. Living room. All right. I remember we played like the Dead Kennedys and the Clash. We tried, we had a few of our own songs that weren't very good, and you know we. Went oh, to, you started writing songs. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, back in those days, it was more Scott the bass man. He was writing the songs before I was. I was about I was about eighteen when I started figuring out how to write songs. It took me a couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you remember that first gig? So you're, you're doing a mix of your own songs and some covers. Oh in yeah. The living room of your buddy's. Were you scared? Oh, yeah. And I remember, it's funny, I was just talking to Scott, the same guy. We were just talking about that day because he was really nervous, I remember. And I told him, hey, look, man, scared. You're talking to the bass man. Bass man. And he was my, he's my brother. He was the guy I learned how to play with. He's the guy, I, I played in three bands with him over the years. Well, what about the piano man? Piano man, he, was, he wasn't maybe as scared because he knows how to play everything. Right, right. <laughs> but the rest of us, there was Eric, me, and, and a drum machine, and Alex. Right. And then we got a drummer. And his name was Tim. Now, how would you do the tunes? Like somebody would fire off the drum machine? Right. <laughs> right. And then we'd just play along with it, you know, because we didn't have a drummer yet. And at that no, at that No, but, but uh, yeah. did the drum machine have different, pro- or was it the same dealio for no, each tune? No, he had it, like, programmed. Alex did all this stuff. Wow, right? he had, wow. He had it all programmed out. And, 
it, you know, I doubt we stuck with it because we weren't too good. <laughs> we were just learning. We've been playing for. Well, five at least months. the time was pretty good. Yeah. Well, at least the drum machine stayed That's on. That's what time. I'm saying. Yeah. It's like metronome rock. That's probably the best drummer I ever had. Then I guess. Yeah. Hey, what about this song, uh, "Spine"? Oh yeah, from the first record. What about it? Well, you know, we that song was all about. So all the songs in the record, they started with thyroid. That was the first one. It's funny that you picked that. That was the first one that had well, the body. That's where I'm parts. feeling it right now. Yeah, and that was about my my buddy Rob, who, who played with me for three years in college, in a band that uh, you know while we were at UCLA, and he he had to have his thyroid out. So we I wrote a song for him, and then my the new drummer, uh, you know, for the band Tom, who's been with me the whole time, he started naming these songs before I had lyrics, and he's like, okay, this one's called. He just started naming them at body parts. So he said, okay, this one's spine. And then I'd have to write a song about, okay, what's your spine? It's about being upright. It's about holding it together. It's about, you know, so every song, all oh, the. Oh, yeah, like Koya's band in Belgrade, uh, Dis Disciplina Kichwa. Well, let's listen.
It is my last wish that I hide from the storm and drank a priesthood to the life below the gutter to solemnly swear to die. Not as piecemeal, but as driftwood with no more words to utter Knowing why and how and when With the hoary head of falsehood Nailed firmly to the wall Thank you. 
you guys just out of high school, it sounds like, and you're playing uh, house parties and stuff. In high school, yeah. And then most of those guys turned into my college band, which was the yeah. You start band. going to college, and we got and together after the first year, music. first summer. We got back together and started and started a new band up with a new drummer, and uh, some of the two of the guys from the high school band. And then that that stuck around for years. You know, that was my main my main band for my whole. And what was that? Band. Was that still First Amendment? No, that was Beathead. And you know, I gave you a demo tape. I remember. Um, when I when you played at UCLA, I remember giving you a demo tape, and uh, and I remember uh, Ed from Ohio making fun of me and saying we were called Butthead. <laughs> oh, because the cartoon. I don't know what. No, this before cartoon that. went and did one of those. Uh, I think my piss bottle man. Yeah, that's... and the guy kept calling me Mike Hunt. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's a nice guy. Mike King, Dallas Cat. Mike uh, Judge. Judge, that's it. Yeah. Mike King is the guy who painted the first Wipers album cover. We got to conk at his pad. I saw the actual painting. Wow. That's what struck me. Wow, Wipers. Yeah, windshield Wipers. I never thought of that. <laughs> that's what it was all about, yeah. Anyway, go yes. on with your story about B-Dad. Well, B-Dad was cool. B-Dad was where, you know, it was me and Scott. And no, Alex, I mean, do you develop it? Do you take it further? Time. Do you write more of your own songs? Do you guys yes. record? That's when it was. We'd always throw in a cover, but at every no, show. No, that's okay. But, we, but that's when we started I mean, really. I mean, compared to high school and after high school, you're in college now. Are you trying to record this stuff? Are you trying always. to get more of a sound of your own? We recorded it on four tracks in in warehouses and people's houses. Okay. You know, all super econo. That's no okay. Money. And uh, still, you document it. You try. What'd you do? Like put out cassettes or cassettes. vinyls? Yeah, cassettes. Yeah, right, right. And because uh, we're we talking nineties, you would play us. We're talking nineties, right? Uh, that's eight, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, you used to play us, and we. So it was still kind of expensive to do singles. So cassettes was more econo. It was super econo. Yeah. We would buy them in bulk. Those like industrial ones. What about when you were learning about the scene? Wasn't shit like mixtapes important? Uh, Your buddies would turn you on to new bands by making uh, cassettes. Yeah. You know that was. No, I'm just saying that that's a part of the culture we kind of miss. Oh, tapes, yeah. You know, I, mix I tapes. Well, you take your now. favorites and put them together. They give you a tape of their favorite. Yes, it's like her own compilations, right? But the kids do it. Like I got a daughter who's 13. And, yeah. And, and what they do now is they do that online. It's oh, not they the do same. playlists. They do playlists. That's yeah, right. It's that's it's right. almost the same thing, but it's not quite as intimate. Remember, you'd, you'd like a girl, and you'd make her a tape, and yeah, of course. throw in some messages, and you <laughs> throw it at her. And, yeah, a little different than a playlist. Yeah, it's different than a playlist, but that's what they do now. But the playlist could come on a movie. <laughs> that's like good. You know, things change. It's all right. I'm not trying to sound like some old man yelling at fast trains. <laughs> right, but tapes were cool. They sounded crappy, and they broke, and everything, and you had to rewind them. But they were cool. There was something cool about yeah, tapes. Yeah, it was a way of turning people on to other stuff. Okay, so. How far out does B-Dead go? Uh, B-Dead went until the end of uh, 90, 91 or something like that. Like right around when I finished, 92, right when I finished school. Okay. And we finally split it up, and uh, that, was a, that was a sad time. And then I moved to San Francisco and started over. Okay. okay. We were just what there, right at the bottom of the hill, which is my favorite club. And what was that? Well, oh, oh, that band. Was, so I had a band called the, I was in two bands. I, I had a band called The Flu. Uh, which never really got anywhere and maybe wasn't the best band I was ever in, but they were my buddies. And then I was in this great band where I was the sideman. The only time I ever did it, I was in this band called Budakowski. It was like half Buda and half Bukowski. 
And uh, what do you my mean man, by half Buddha, half Bukowski? Well, because it was like, you know, fighting and drinking and then also like looking for the spiritual enlightenment at the same time. <laughs> okay. That was that was the idea of the music. And we had a cello player, two guitars, and uh, that was... Who was the thing. leader? This guy, Matt Langlois, who's still running around San Francisco doing all this stuff with um, dance projects and making music. And he's he's not making rock and roll so much anymore, but he's still making music. And he's he's pretty That's great. That's great. Still a creative force? Very creative. And, and his wife... Being a side mouse, this helped you, right? It did. It I let, think it it's let, good it to try all the, kinds of roles. You know, life is kind of about taking turns. And I learned it in that band because okay. I had never done it before. And for two, two, three years, I was the side guy and learned how to be that guy and be supportive. And I think it helped me um, learn how to... ask people to take your direction. That's right. And be nice, right? Be nice. Be and nice. don't tell people what to do. And, and Ask them, them to do. That's right. Give them some space and let them play their own instrument. Well, my pop told me in the Navy once, because he's a chief, you know, a chief's like a sergeant. Mm. One time I was young and I asked him, um, well, what do you do? And he go, well, I kick the ass. (laughs) He said, put it this way, I've never asked anybody to do anything. Right. (laughs) So what happened after the, the side mouse period? Well, after that. You leave San Francisco. I got married and I went up to Portland, Oregon, and I started a new thing called Mission to Mars, and I did that for years. This is a music project. Which is a music project, and it was a band with different people, and that's when Scott, the bass man, who I hadn't played with since college, this is right. ten years later, from he B-Dip. rejoined. We rejoined forces for a while, and it was beautiful, and we played together, and it was like we had ESP still, and it was beautiful, man, and we did that. But then he decided no more music, and he went on. He's like a plant guru up there. He like knows more about the plants. And yeah. what they're all about than Hort- anybody horticulture. Else. Horticulture, but like medicine and all that. And he's he's a he's a pretty brilliant guy with all this new stuff that he's doing. And so I so then I played with different people and, and so for four or five years I had this thing called Mission to Mars. I made one solo record, I just called PJ Golden, and then we decided we couldn't make a living in, in uh and I quit. And that's this is the interesting part. I I quit you music. Quit your 30, own band? Uh, I quit playing music. Oh, I, okay. at thirty five for three years. I, I decided I couldn't do it anymore because I was getting frustrated with not having the right people to play with and not and no one seeming to give a shit and like excuse my language and I just uh I quit for three years and then I came back to LA and I hooked up with this guy Tom who I met through Matt, the guy from Budakowski. And Tom and I, this is four years ago now, after I'd quit for a while, we hit it right off music wise. And and I just got back into it and Okay, it's, let's let's hold it there because we're yeah. at the end of the first hour of the Wow. September 1, 2016 edition. What? Peter Strode. Guest Philip Golden from Chinese Herbal Medicine. Hot Type for Hour 2. September 1, 2016. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Joey Ramone in a Circle K one summer night in Phoenix, Arizona. It was across the street from a record store that I worked in at the time. Despite it being July in Phoenix, he was wearing a leather jacket, and despite it being 9 p.m., he was wearing sunglasses. He looked like some strange photosynthetic vampire, but it didn't put me off a bit as I approached him and thanked him for the inspiration to ruin my life. He was obliging and personable, though he didn't quite know how to take the compliment. He was happy to talk to me. Our conversation went from free jazz to hard bop to ragtime, and he seemed happy to be talking to a fan of music, maybe more than just a fan of the Ramones. At one point I asked him what he thought about a series of bands that had been covering entire Ramones records. Tributes, I guess. He had no idea this was happening and couldn't believe that someone would do that. So I invited him to come over to the store and kind of take a look. And earlier that week, Boris the Sprinkler had just put out uh, Into the Century. 
and he sat looking at it, just flipping over and over and over and over from front to back, from front to back, from front to back. <laughs> and he kind of slid his sunglasses down from his nose a little bit to make eye contact for the first time, and he said, Now, do you think that these bands are doing this because they are mad at the Ramones? Or because they like the Ramones? I was impressed that he referred to his band in the third person. And I tried to assure him that these bands were all operating out of pure, unabashed love for the Ramones, which he seemed to be comforted by. Since he'd never even heard of these records, the universe called upon me to exact justice and at least give him a copy. With one condition. I told him I was happy to buy the record for him, but he had to autograph it. And without flinching to the irony, he said, Can I use this marker? And he happily autographed what would be his own copy of Boris the Sprinkler's End of the Century. Which he then put under his arm to take with him. He shook my hand and said thank you and parted ways. And that's the day I met Joey Ramone.
Live from Pedro Show, we started the second hour off with Spleen. Philip, tell us about Spleen. Spleen, well, you know, from the first record. So all the process was Tom would hear some music, Tom the drummer. He'd, he'd give me a part. So this one's Spleen. So this is how the whole Chinese herbal medicine, we used to be called Thunder Lizard at first. And then we started making all these parts. Yeah, to get back to the story we ended the first hour off with, you leave Portland oh, yeah. and come back to California and yeah. reunite with Scott. With, no, Scott I, stayed with, up there. Yeah, uh, with, uh, Tom, Tom. with Tom. With Tom, yeah. The yeah. drummer. And yeah. Uh, you guys, after a period of three years of making no music, you start making music again. I did. And you're called Thunder Lizard. We were called Thunder Lizard, right. And uh, Tom and I played with a number of different guys, uh, uh, bass players mostly, came and gone. Um, some good ones. Uh, Zach played on the first record. He was quite good. And then we had a friend, Ian, from San Francisco, who had been in a kind of big band up there for a while. He played some bass. But we couldn't hang on to a lineup. But, man, it was fun because our whole M.O. now, since we're a little bit older and everything, is we don't care about we don't care less about younger. No, it's all just for music. It's yeah. no commerce. Right. You know? And it made it so much more enjoyable for me and, and made it so I could unquit and be happy again and just kick ass and play music, and it's been great. And so Spleen was like a splurge into that? Yeah, Spleen is all about uh, uh, it's all about growth. And um, it's like, you know, this. so Scott, my old bass man, now that he's the herbal guy, he told yeah. me, I'm like, what does the Spleen do? And he told me, like, the spiritual aspects of the Spleen. The Spleen, the spleen is about the grass growing up through the concrete, is what he told me. So yeah. I wrote a song about that. That makes sense. Yeah. Then we heard the Higgin Flyers with It's On, Zigzags, Meat Man, Space, they got a brand new album, The Boy Like Me, Bob Schreiner. This might have been live at the Redwood Barn Grill, Joey Ramone. The, the Mellow Men from Croatia with Our Way. Actually, bass band's from Vist, which is an island off the Dalmatian coast there where a lot of the Pedro Hrvatskis are from. And finally, Death Hymn number nine, I reckon you're gonna die. That's got Paul Gonzalez out of Pedro here, uh, playing with some Orange County guys. So things like that do happen. Back with Philip Golden here and his musical journey. We're yeah. talking about the beginnings of Chinese herbal medicine. So, so when does the name get switched over? It was right before we decided to make that record. Uh, Tom comes to practice one day. He's like. We gotta have a we gotta have a new name, and I let him name things. Whatever he says, the name is that's what goes because that's how, that's been working for us, right? So he's like, we're gonna switch to Chinese herbal medicine because you know we're making this whole record of body parts. I'm like, okay, I'm in. So <laughs> that's really because the body parts related to the medicine because there's a different all, medicine for each part or medicine, but also metaphors like you know ah metaphor bones. of course it's metaphors everything it's just about a you know like. When you're talking about the corpus callosum, which you played one time, I think on your show, that yeah. was about that's the part that splits the brain down the middle, the left and right hemisphere. Right. And I wrote a song about the blue states and the red states being two different countries. You know, so it's it's it's, it's it's all like that. It's metaphors about. You ever been? Because you lived for some years in San Francisco. You ever been in Chinatown on the weekend? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a hustle, right? It, I, about I, I went there for medicine once. Actually. Yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. The medicine stores, that smells, those smells, they're trip, huh? They don't they're smell so exotic in your normal life. Yeah, they're the most singular, trippy smell. I agree. Trippy, there's a dryness, there's a strength, a pungent. Very strong. But it ain't, it ain't foul, you know, no. in a way, yeah, it feels it like foul. an energy, it feels like a force. 
but they taste different. horrible going down. I can imagine. Yeah. I ain't never chowed them. They like mu- dried up mushrooms and roots yes. and shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Strong. But just the smell, man. I mean, just that feel. Yeah, I love it. Going by them pads. And okay, I so Tom says, we got it. since we're doing music about the body, let's go for Chinese herbal medicine. And you go a Thunder Lizard. Yeah, that's what we decided to do. And I like Thunder Lizard. I thought that was a cool name because we play in a, we, up, well, we're about to lose our practice space, but it's a warehouse <laughs> full of animatronic dinosaurs and stuff. Because that's, wow. that's where we practice. We and like, what's that about? Well, Tom, that's Tom works for he he's he runs this this company that they rent them out to to museums all around the world, right? So we've got these big like sometimes when they're home. Oh, they need some kind of dynamic ex- uh, uh, display exhibition. Right. right. So that's where we've been playing. We even used them for baffles on our uh, wow. records because we recorded in that space too. Big old warehouse and uh it, and so that's why we were Thunder Lizard, right? Cuz that's what Brontosaurus right. means in uh in uh, Greek. And then, yeah, uh, which they fucked up because they're not really right. Lizards are more like birds, chickens. You yeah, look there's at the also legs. no brontosaurus, right? There's only a pot of No, but notice the legs come out from the bottom like an elephant. They don't right. come out the side like an alligator. Yeah, and they're not slow and they're not cold blooded. You know? Yeah, yeah. They that saurus was kind of a whoops. Yeah, it was a mistake. So what, what about this half of you? Half of you is about my daughter. Yeah, uh, but uh, I thought all these tunes. We're about parts of the body. Oh, no, but see, half of you's on the next record. Half of you's Ah, okay, okay. okay. Different yeah, that's context. Okay. That's a whole other story. Okay, okay. So to talk a little bit about... About that one? Well, you know... Well, it's, it's from this other album. It's from Binary, right. The which is the second album. album. The one we made and what was, like, the premise of that, baby? That is a, a story about uh, the binary nature of the universe, and it starts out with a, a song you played uh, about a guy who sees an old friend and he's thick and everything goes to hell, and it, he notices that the world is split into two, and then the whole rest of the record is so light versus dark, heaven versus hell. It's all that kind of stuff, and so it's all about binary, uh, angle and duality, duality, right? Taoism, and and, and the uh, and my daughter. It's a song that one half of you is about a song about me and my wife and how we came together, two halves, made this new thing that's part me and part her. That's what that's kind of about. Well, let's listen right now. All right.
son of a friend that's just what he did do job cost him a symphony of pain Sputnik never complained never got back in the ring again Sputnik Monroe at carnivals and fairs learned how to shoot hook He once punched a horse to spike a few bets spent the night in the jailhouse with no regrets Sold out the banjo like only Elvis could do. Sputnik got shorted his pay Packed his bags and went on his way Sputnik Monroe was just making a buck 
country boy with no school in her luck Lay in the heel every night in the ring The crowd in the balcony he made them bring down It broke every rule in old Memphis town So say what you will about Sputnik Monroe He took a big bite out of Jim Crow Say what you will about Sputnik Monroe He took a big bite out of Jim Crow
For Pedro Show, yeah, started off with Half You. You heard the story there, Phil. Uh, uh, one plus one equals three. Right. Tricky man. Uh, postcards from Jeff after that with Modern Language. When I Know, Psychic Temple. Sputnik Monroe from Dick Deluxe. And We Must Try, King Champion Sounds. Finally, Alfred. No, King Alfred, Man of Leisure. With watching me, yeah, the best rock and roll name band ever, King Alfred Men, <laughs> Man of Leisure. <laughs> That's good. It's got to be from England. It's right? <laughs> <That's> good stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, there was a band from I think maybe Santa Monica. They were called Entertainment Law. I thought that was a pretty good. One. Yeah, I, I knew a guy who wanted to have a band in L.A. back in the everyone getting signed days called Major Label Interest. I always thought that was pretty funny. Militant street cred. Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> Let's talk about band names. Do it all day. No, no. I want to get on to the story of the 
herbal Chinese medicine. So, do you remember the first gig you did under that name? Sure, because we haven't played too many. We've only done six, seven shows in two years. No, no, but you did a lot of Thunder Lizard before that. But not gigs, just just playing. Thunder Lizard did, never did a gig. Uh, we did we did two. We did two. Tell me about so, them. Uh, the first time, let's see. So the first one we played was one of those kind of Hollywood corporate, you know, like they add you to the bill and there's five bands and no one knows who each other are. And it was at uh, it was at the, the Mint. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, that place, right? On Pico. Yeah, and, and you know it's a it's okay place, but I didn't really I really at this point in my life I like to play parties and and low key situations at a bar. I don't really like playing where you're like okay you get on at this minute you get off at this minute and there's this many people at the door and you get all that stuff. You know I don't want to deal with all that stuff. But it was that kind of a show. But we did fine. We were a trio still. Oh, you mean there's like a lot of um, regiment. A lot of regiment. And that's the way a lot of the Hollywood clubs are. You know it's well, not the old days at the anti club. I'll tell you that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're going on last, you're probably glad there is some. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Especially so on a Tuesday or something. <laughs> we did that show, and that was cool. We did yeah. two shows with Zach. What was the other one? And, uh, and then we added Warwick, who's the... Uh, oh, you mean scene. besides changing the name, there's a different dude in the band? Well, there's two. There's a new bass player. That's Andrew. Okay, because, so when Thunder Zach, Lizard ends, yeah, yeah, then Andrew uh, comes in. Andrew came in and, play, and he's playing bass. And then we also brought in Warwick, who's our, our, our brother from uh, Australia. So you come from trio to quartet. Which I like better. And he sings some of the songs on the new record, two of them. Um, he, he wrote and sang. Does and he play? He, and he, play, you know, he plays lead. He's a, he's a, oh, he's a guitarist. Okay, so now you got two guitars. Two the guitar- videos I was watching, you cats were a trio. Uh, oh, of the live, yeah, and actually we do have a like a like a rock video which I'd never made before in my whole life because FM. And, and and it's there. It's for uh, yeah, it's for At FM. First, I right? thought it was the Dan song. <laughs> FM, yeah, <laughs> which actually means uh, I don't like man. it. By that time, I didn't like the Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Black Cow was the last. Yeah, yeah. for what Alpha Asia or something. Yeah, so we. Uh, yeah, so so there's four of us, and it's cool because I, I know really those like, first six Dan records pretty good though. <laughs> I gotta I gotta brush up, man. Georgie was way into we had to hear so much that shit out. Really, I gotta catch up. Yeah, they were the cassettes where they'd have like two albums a cassette. You know, <laughs> where is George these days? He's does back he in Pedro. Does he play at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been well. You know, some local blues guys and stuff. It's not like he's touring and playing yet, but he does music. Plays like I said, mainly the blues. He's playing with Shane O'Brien. Who's an iron worker in Field Monroe, who plays cards? Plays cards. Yeah, something Gardena. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they got poker. And... Yeah. Man, how would you like to do that for a living? Yeah, I'm no good at it. Yeah. I, I lose all my money. No, it wouldn't be very fun for what? No, no. And man, uh, I'd like to. But see look, it. he's surfing every day. He's in great, great shape. He looked in no, great shape, man. And he's back in. He was in Carson for a little while, taking care of his mama. Now he's in Pedro. Cool. And it's so good to see him. He's driving trucks down in Terminal Island. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing like George Hurley. Incredible. Oh, I got 14 years I got to play with that man. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, like, yeah. So so back to the the uh, Chinese herbal medicine story. So do you remember the first gig? Is that name? Uh, let's see. The first gig as Chinese herbal medicine, let's see. We it was yeah I do and I'm trying to think of which one it was there, we played at this oh, I'm gonna forget the name now oh there's a bar out in um oh, I'm sorry I'm forgetting the name but it's out in Burbank okay and it's a it's valley great. bar <laughs> it's a, it's just and it's just a dive bar our friends we got a right. friends called Clockpaw and they set up a show 
and there was three bands and the place was packed because it's a small little bar and it was just my just our speed it was great we just had a great time uh, oh and we played at a place called the trip that's what it was a trip with the trips in santa monica and they gave us a whole afternoon so we did our we did all all the songs from both records for two hours we played wow. so right. in daytime it was a daytime show, and uh, and it, that was fun because a lot of my old buds came out. They hadn't seen me play in a long time, and that was the first time we played as all four of us as Chinese Urban Legends. Yep. Okay. So that's it. Uh, that was a year ago. Right, right. And and this is the lineup that went in to do the uh, the binary? Yeah, we did. But we recorded binary in our practice space. Our, right, right, right. Our, our friend Tucker came out with all his gear, and we just Oh, you had a buddy do it. So he used your practice pad, but he brought in stuff. Yeah, and we and, and we just. And how, how long did it take to do it? Yeah, uh, we did two day, two afternoons, hot as hell in the valley, 110 degrees. Yeah, yeah. We did two days in the in the warehouse, and then we did maybe two or three days of um, just coming over to his apartment in uh, East Hollywood and just singing and stuff like that. Not yeah. a lot of overdubs, mostly all all live. Um, some though, and uh, you know stuff like keyboards and things and mixed it down. I don't know. You know, it took. Who plays the keyboards? Uh, I did and worked it. Okay, so you learned keyboards too, then? I can play a little. I used to be better than I am now. I'm not. I'm a hack, but I can I can play a melody. Okay. Uh, chord chords are a challenge, but I can do it. But it, it takes a lot of thinking. I just can't do it without you thinking. You good with guitar. the left hand, right hand thing? You know, speaking of, I play left hand guitar. So yeah. and so uh, the piano is very confusing. You restrain it? No, I play a left handed guitar. I play okay. a left handed guitar. So you still I, got I, the heavy string on the top. Yeah, I don't play like Dick Dale. I play like Jimi Hendrix, right? So, except for I don't, I can't play like Jimi Hendrix. That's not what I mean. But you know, and uh, but I play it, and so the piano is backwards, right? As you wow, going I, back, when, going back when you were you yeah. were young. Yeah. Did you get a left-handed guitar? I I took a uh, my Alex had an acoustic guitar Alexander from the first band and he sure. gave it to me and he's and I picked it up backwards and I'm like and I started and he's like that's not the way it goes and I'm like oh, that's the way I play so he he took it all apart and strung it the other way for me. And I played an upside-down acoustic guitar, uh, you know, a right-hand guitar strung up left hand. So the, th- uh, the pick guard was upside down. Worst, worst choice I ever made, because you well, can never Kay play other thought, people's. Well, thought, like, the strong hand was supposed to be <laughs> your picking hand. Yeah, but, you know, like, you know, did you know that um, Jimi Hendrix was right-handed also? I'm right-handed. So was Jimi Hendrix. Using using the talented hand on the, on the fret. And yeah, the well, Kay thought that that was supposed to be the strong hand and the picking hand. It's interesting. I mean, I'm not picking in the fretting hand. I'm Fretin sorry. Hand. Yeah, that's the way I do it. No yeah. one else does. And, uh, you know, wherever it goes. Uh, anyway, we're at the end of the second hour. Okay. September 1st, 2016 edition of the Watt for Peter Show, Philip Golden, Chinese Aerial Medicine. Hold tight for hour three. September 1st, 2016. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
se spekol tím hnojem.
Block for Pedro show. Start the third hour off. Bones, Chinese herbal medicine. Philip's got something to say about that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just that one. I started messing around with the delay pedal for the first time in my life, and you can really hear it. It, it, it kind of changed the way I played on that, and it was fun to mix it up, try something new. I like delay now. No, but never... remember all these body fucking songs had a fucking... Oh, you like that kind of Oh, yeah, Bones, okay. Allegory. So Bones, Bones is just about... Uh, Right, about, right. Your drummer man threw you out a body part. Yeah, and this one was Bones and Bones. I went to the, I went back to the herb man, Scotty, the old bass yeah. man, and, and I said, "What's it about?" And he said, "It's about memory, and it's about persistence." So you know, it's and so that song's all about, it's all about being the same person over time and the persistence memory. of memory. Is that that uh, drippy clock? The persistence. Yeah, you're right. It's the With, drippy uh, clock. Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. Dolly. Yeah, you're right. Salvador Dolly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, we then heard Tollum doing and move it and move to transform it. He's up for uh, Pacifica, probably on tour now. Sticks, the Sticks, not oh, good. one of the greatest bands ever. <laughs> well, I'm wrong. Then we heard uh, Zachpa. This band was 60s, huh? out of check. Plastic People of the Universe. Incredibly brave cats who had to take major blows to try to get some jams. All the gigs secret, you know. A layman after that with The Thing You Want. And finally, I know these guys are on tour right now. Toys That Kill with Times We Can't Let Go. Todd Conch from uh, Recess Records. Limited in San Pedro now. I know it's like 20, 25 years from Torrance. And uh, back with Philip talking about... Uh, Chinese herbal medicine and how they uh, got the, the binary thing going, and so yeah. some so more experimenting on the digital. Well, that's guess, right. But that 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 was from the first record. So what kind of chances? The chance you took on binary was the the conceptual thing, the the, the trying to unite that it, it into one piece. One piece. And I I'd done I try I'd done it ten years earlier, but I wanted to do it again. Write a story. What was that one ten years before? Oh, that one was when I decided I was going to quit. I made a record all about all about how did these impossible goals that I can never live up to, how did they happen? Where did this come from? You know, like is it, it DNA versus uh, versus nurture versus nature? And it, it was all my big story about how I was going to retire. And it was and it was a whole piece about life, <laughs> about my life as a musician and how I thought it was ending yeah. and uh, how I was getting over all the beating yourself up about, you know, oh, my band never got signed. I never got to tour. You know, like that kind of crap. That doesn't matter. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what that was all about. But this new one, you know, I needed a story because that's what seems to light my fire for singing now. I mean, I'm sorry, for writing. I, I need a story. So I called up. I went back to the well. I went to the basement. I went to Scotty. Yeah. I said, I need a story. And he said, okay, how about a story about a guy who's trying to escape from how everything in the world is just digital and and wants to go and wants to go back to an analog world and I'm like so that was my starting place and I wrote I wrote some songs with that and then it it, it changed into digital um, fragmented binary you know that's and that and the whole story pixelated pixelated it all grew out from there uh, light light and dark yeah speaking of which I found a little fragment of some gig you guys did maybe some pad called Jimmy's or Johnny's or Jimmy's 
It's oh. called Heaven and Hell. Yes. And it says Jimmy's the outro. Place, Burbank. That's the Burbank spot. Is that the, that's the pad you played in Burbank? That's Burbank. Okay, let's listen to this bit.
Lot for Peter Show, final uh, music for this edition. We got yeah. Chinese Herbal Medicine Live with Heaven Noise. Slash Hell, the outro. Yeah, and, noisy uh, stuff. Uh, dark was the night, cold was the ground, Stefano Palia from El Sonio de Marnello. The pop group, Age of Miracles, and finally, piece number two, uh, a gig, uh, Matoko Honda, Joe Berardi, and Emily Hay did uh, October 2nd, 2008. There's a we're going to hear the story here now. Philip's going to turn us on to uh, heaven, hell. heaven slash hell in, 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 uh, uh, in scope of the whole big piece. Yeah, so it was uh, the, the first song is the song about, the first song on the record is, is the song all about ones and zeros. It's about meeting this guy you haven't seen forever, that something went really wrong between the two of you 10 years ago, and he needs to talk to you now. And, the, and these revelations about the binary nature of, the, of life come out of it. Heaven Hell is the story about what went wrong in Mexico ten years ago, and it's just it's just a story about being down there and living on ditch weed and rotten bananas with this guy who's a junkie and he's trying to hide it from you, and it's just it's just a story about living in paradise, but it's hell, it's it's heaven hell. That's that's what it's all about, and and I play the guitar as fast as I can at the end and make a lot of noise, which I love doing. It was fun. But in scope of the rest of the piece, yeah, you know the the, the whole piece as a whole, it's. Uh, 
it, it it's a loose it's a story, but it's a loose story, you know, about about re- having this revelation about yeah, um, was fragmented. heaven hell was the moment that made things kind of change. They, they have, well, no, the the first song ones and zeros. Heaven hell is like the backstory. This is right, right. Now between you and your buddy um, years ago, uh, it was the catalyst. It was the catalyst. Everything changes in ones and zeros. Right. That's when that's when it all changes, and it, it's just and then it just so it comes some course. kind of reconcile. I, it, I wonder how it all end, ends up. I don't know if it ever actually reconciles. It does it. Okay, okay. It does end in that, um, I don't know if you heard it, the last song is this very quiet, pretty... Uh, Say it's title. It's, it's uh, the reprise of, um, um, of course, I'm blanking the name of my own song. There's two songs. Uh, it, we do the same song twice. We do it, and then we do it at reprise at the end. Yeah, and see, in, in a way, by doing that, you're suggesting infinity, right? Because that, that's the way Finnegan's Wake is. It, it it ends with the same line it starts with the Liffey, the river running. You made it all the way through that. I tried. I couldn't do it. It's too hard for me. It was over my head. That's a tough book. That's a that's. A, I, I appreciate a lot you. of the words. <laughs> that's a tough one. I think, so yeah, it's, I have a good sense of humor. Yeah, but I'm it's just not, talking it, about this technique that he yeah. uses by starting and finishing with the same thing. He gives a sense of infinity. I've done this before. What'd you do it on? Well, I start, uh, if you listen to the engine room. That's true. Yep. The only thing is there's notes missing in the, the reprise. Bass. The bo do boom doo doo Yeah. I got you. Yeah, that but there's sense. no boo doo doo Right. There's no answer at the end because D-Boom's gone. Right. Shore duty. Yeah. I, I know what you mean about music can be very heavy and personal, man. There was a came to a point where I couldn't even do that piece in front of people anymore because it hurt too much. I saw you do it in San Francisco the night with the wrestlers. You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there. I did that it four times. Great. On, on four tours. Yeah. <laughs> four times. Four, a lot of times. Did a four tour. I didn't see it with Nels. One uh, tour was with uh, Joe Biza it and Steve Hodges. Then yeah. two tours with Joe Biza and Bob Lee. And then the fourth tour, Nels Klein, Bob Lee. Yeah. You know, what if something like your daughter asks you for advice about music? You already kind of hit on it, but what she's playing now. She's she's trying to put a band together. She's she's saying yeah. So does she ever work. ask, "Hey, Pop, you've been doing this a long time. What can you sh- tell me?" Yeah, mostly she doesn't want to hear anything I have to say, you know, because she's a teenager. But <laughs> what I tell her is, but if she did. Yeah, if she did, that's a better way to ask it. Yeah. Uh, don't take it so serious. That was when I stopped enjoying it and why I had to quit. It was taking it too serious, right? And yeah. just have fun and make music and and make and 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 also the other main thing is make yeah. sure you play with people who you like. You want to be because you're going to spend a lot of the time. People chemistry is important. I played with some people that I didn't like as much as other people, and and that kind of dragged me down. And it, you can't connect with them, you know. And so right, I like in the parts. Kind of difficult. You can practice and practice, but personality things, practice probably don't help that. And there's that beautiful ESP thing that happens with the people that you you really know who they are, and it just happens. And yeah, I understand. I know what you mean. You know it. That's yeah. good advice. I yeah. want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Good luck with the Chinese herbal medicine and thank music. You. And your daughter too. Okay. Okay. It's been the, uh, September first, two thousand sixteen edition of Wife for Pedro Show, people. Keep your powder dry.